What does it take to be a successful college golf program, a successful college player, and a successful college coach? Stay tuned to the podcast and listen to this awesome conversation I had with one of the best golf coaches in Division II college golf. Welcome to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast, where you can listen to everything related to the game of golf. Golf tips to help you improve your golf game, entertaining interviews, discussions about the latest in golf equipment, and so much more. Now, here is your host, PGA professional, Steve Goforth. Hello and welcome back another episode of the go forth and golf podcast greatly appreciate you taking the time to tune in have a fantastic conversation with danny neal who is the head golf coach at anderson university anderson university just recently obtained the number one ranking in division two golf and danny and i talk about so many different topics including what how challenging it is to be a college golf coach the most rewarding part about being a college coach examples of you know practice plans that they do at the college level and if anyone listening knows a golfer who is inspiring to be at that college level or or you yourself are trying to be at that college level what does it take to do that what kind of practice do you need to put in to get to that level and what areas of your game do you need to work on Danny dives into all of that we also talk about what goes into recruiting a good player what goes into developing a good team culture and maintaining that, which can be really difficult to do sometimes. And also, Danny and I talk a little bit about our history together. We have known each other for years in the golf industry. We used to work together many years ago. We talk about that. We take a trip down memory lane and talk about our history in the business and just what led Danny to being a college golf coach. So if you're a junior golfer aspiring to be at a higher level, whether it be making your golf team, whether it be breaking 90, whether it be breaking 100, whether it be breaking 70, or making it to that college level. Whatever your goals are, you can take a lot of great things away from this conversation that I have with Danny because he offers up a lot of great advice to junior golfers out there. So without further ado, let's bring in Danny Neal, the head golf coach at Anderson University. Oh, he got all of that one. Danny, welcome to the podcast, man. It's it's so good to catch back up with you again. We we have a history together, as as we'll talk about here. But it's just so great to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. I appreciate you having me on your podcast, and uh, excited for you uh, to be having this going for you. <clears throat> in addition to your uh, duties out there at Cross Creek, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. We uh, we got to know each other at Slazinger Golf back in the mid '90s. We worked together for a little while. Seems like ages ago, doesn't it? It seems like a different lifetime, man. It really <laughs> no does. Doubt. No doubt. I loved it. I loved it there at Slider. I tell people that all the time. We had such a great group there, and we were building just cutting-edge golf equipment back then that nobody else was doing at that time as far as the precision that we put into our club making. It was Absolutely. Just, it was ahead of its time. It, it was. I mean, I, I tell people all the time about you know working back there at Slider and how they were one of the first companies to really get, you know, 
serious about club fitting and you remember them big old carts we had with about 70 oh, yeah. clubs in it oh my gosh oh yeah having to load those things out to the range yeah that was a lot of fun working back there oh yeah i miss it there and then of course we we got to work together again over at eagle zone uh, in greenville which now is uh haas family golf the haas family purchased eagle zone i was glad to see that and doing a lot of great things with it we had a good time there you were or the head instructor there at Eagles on at that time when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I had gotten uh, into teaching a little bit more at that time. Um, you know, before that I was, you know, a, a club pro. Uh, and actually before that, you know, I wasn't even into golf. I didn't play much golf growing up and um, didn't get into golf much until I got out of school. I was a PE teacher for seven years and uh, was coaching over at Hillcrest high school. And uh, my last couple of years doing that, I was able to, coach the golf teams there at Hillcrest. Uh, and uh, that was a neat experience, especially with Chris Patton being on the team. Oh, yeah. Uh, no him doubt. being so good, you know, going yeah, on. I forgot about that. And, I forgot yeah. about that. I forgot you coached him when he was there. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of exciting. And uh, it, it allowed me the opportunity to meet a couple of the pros, local club pros, you know, in the area. And um, after after those six or seven years, I was, you know, realizing that I didn't really want to stay in in education um as a career that I was really was getting more into golf and enjoying that and so you know I just kind of took a step of faith and and jumped out and got an assistant pro job over there at Carolina Springs um uh, old Bob Bell who still mm -hmm. teaches I think at the Haas Family Golf he does uh, hired, me, hired me into the golf business as an assistant out to Carolina Springs and you know got into the PGA's program and kind of started working working that thing and earning you know my class a status through through that and mm -hmm. was at carolina springs as an assistant for about a year and a half and i had a little short stint at fox Run country club um and that was in 89 to 90 right before thornblade opened and as you know i was over at thornblade the first three years they were open uh, as yeah. the first assistant um so i was you know still working through the pga's process then and uh while i was at thornblade is when i earned my my class a status in, at the pga and then uh went back to carolina springs uh as their gm and head pro um that was back in the 93 to 95 i guess when mm -hmm. um kipper sports out of chicago owned them at the time um and then along then is when we got over to slasder and like you said, you know, got to work with you and 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 the, and the pair of Randys and Chris Zorn. You remember all those? Guys? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> was, absolutely. And Gary Blaisdell, and oh, it was great, man. It was a lot of fun getting into that and learning something new about club fitting. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And while I was over there, is when I actually started teaching some over at uh, uh, what was then, I guess, Family Golf Center. I think it was mm -hmm. before it was the Eagle Zone, maybe, uh, or yeah. I, maybe I've got that backwards. It was one no, and right. then the other. That's right. But, yeah, it was Family uh, Golf before it was Eagle Zone. Yeah, yeah. I started teaching over there some, and really kind of got into teaching more uh, and more, and um, so I made that move over to there and just went to full time teaching and was able to um, able to get my master PGA professional status uh, while I was there. And you were one of the first people to do that, right? Because I remember when you did that, I was like, what is a master teaching professional? And <laughs> yeah. you were like one of the first people to do that in the PGA. Uh, I was early on in that yeah. process. And of course, looking back, uh, I was really glad that I took advantage of that opportunity at the time. Because, you yeah. know, as time goes on, everything gets a little harder to to get. No you know, I look back at what the guys go through now just to just to be a class A pro now. It's uh, quite a bit more involved than it was when I had to do it. But right. uh, 
So I was really glad I was able to get that done uh, early and, and, and get that designation. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's nice to have. And, uh, so, uh, you know, ended up just getting into teaching thing for gosh, I was at there, I guess about eight years, uh, mm -hmm. teaching as it went from family golf center, um, to the Eagle zone. Um, and then, as you said, now it's Haas family golf, but, um, it was uh, interesting, um, and then from there, while I was at the Eagles on there teaching, um, um, had a girl that was one of our teaching pros there, Kate Burnett, and she mm -hmm. left us to go to Anderson University to coach the golf teams. Um, she had played at Furman and was a, a, a good player and uh, had that desire to go, go, go into that and try that, so she left us and went over there to coach the golf teams at Anderson university. And that's kind of how I first even, you know, heard about, you know, that position over there and what that was in, entailing. And, um, she was over there for, I think three years. Um, and then she decided to get out of coaching altogether. And, uh, I think she went into nursing, but, mm -hmm. um, when she let me know that she was leaving, um, I'd been teaching, like I said, for about eight years. And, uh, uh, I enjoyed that a lot, but it's a lot on weekends and evening hours. You know, it takes a lot uh, right. of time away uh, doing that. And I thought, uh, you know, I might, I knew I would enjoy the coaching. I enjoyed the years coaching at Hillcrest and really enjoyed that aspect, being around young people and developing them. Um, so I thought it might be a, a fun thing for me to, to go into to do. Um, wasn't sure about the finances of it. <laughs> Took a pretty big pay cut going from mm -hmm. teaching to coaching. Um, but I had three daughters of my own that were, you know, going to be going to college somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, this might work out, you know, maybe they can get over there and get some sure. education free for them. Um, but, uh, you know, so I went over there and, uh, uh, applied for that job. And after being at, uh, Eagle zone and family golf center for eight years and, um, and gosh, it's hard to even say this now, but as like you said, it seems like a different lifetime ago, but this is my 20th year that at Anderson. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> Been there 20 years coaching coaching the men's and women's golf teams. I remember when you left Eagle Zone, I was, you know, sad about it. Obviously, hated to see you go, but extremely happy for you at the same time. And I knew teaching was your passion and and uh, being able to do it on that level. And uh, to look back on that and think, wow, 20 years, and you've been so successful. And that's what I want to talk about. Anderson University, you've seen it transition, obviously. And you guys have experienced a, a lot of success. You were just recently ranked number one in the country in Division Two. Congratulations for that. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, that took a lot of people doing a lot of work, and uh, I, I'm just fortunate to be part of that uh, part of that process. Uh, but it's been quite a quite quite an experience, and and, and you know, pretty special to be to be ranked number one in the country with the men uh, and our women's team. Uh, you know, is is ranked ranked well as well. Um, they're, uh, I think seventh in the nation now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's been, uh, been, been good, you know, it's been, been good. What would you say is, it has been the most rewarding part about being a college coach? I'm sure it's got its, its perks and, and there's a lot of things you, you, you do in that job and it, it brings you a lot of satisfaction you know, and you're helping, uh, these young men, young women, you know, grow into adulthood and transition out of college into life mm -hmm. but, you know, what would you say has been the most rewarding part about all this? I, I honestly think it, it's that it's the relationships um, that you develop, you know, with the kids, um, helping them to develop, to mature, you know, not only with their golf games. Obviously, that's a big part of what we try to do is develop their golf game because we're, you know, wanting to be successful with our golf. 
But um, but you also see him grow spiritually. You see him grow socially. You see him grow, you know, in a lot of ways and mature. Uh, and uh, it's it's been pretty cool. Uh, met so many great kids mm-hmm. through through our program through the years, and 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 that's um, that's been a real blessing. You know, you know, Anderson is a Christian private Christian university, and we take the, that aspect of it pretty seriously at Anderson. And so, you know, when we're recruiting, we're trying to recruit a fit um you know for our for our programs and for our school um and um it, it definitely makes the difference with with the culture that you're that you're able to develop sure, sure. yeah no doubt i mean you've obviously seen college athletics uh, change tremendously over the past 20 years that you've been doing this um what would you say has been the biggest change when it comes to your student athlete uh, well, I'll say two things about that. One of the biggest changes is how much better the players are now than they used to be. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. How much better it's gotten. Uh, I tell this story a lot, but it, it's, it's just an amazing story. Uh, my first year at Anderson was 2003-2004 season. And in the 2004 spring, our, our men's and women's team actually won the conference championship, which was really exciting for me as a first-year oh, yeah. coach and a bit unexpected. But um, – but our women's program, they won the conference championship back then, and they they shot 345, 345, 345, three days in a row. Wow. 1,035 and won the conference championship. And, wow. and now today our kids are shooting, you know, 279s, 284s, 288s and stuff, you know, under par or better. Uh, it's amazing how good the quality of players have, have gotten. Yeah. Um, lately. And then the other part of that, I would say <clears throat> that's changed a lot. And for us, particularly at Anderson, the biggest change for me has been having Denton Moore come along as my assistant. <clears throat> you know, I was doing both programs, the men's and women's for about the first 13 years or so I was there by myself, mm-hmm. uh, which is just, it stretches you, you know, a bit, a bit thin in, in, in being able to, recruit both teams by yourself try to get practice routines and that kind of thing set up for for both teams uh run the seasons for both teams i mean when we would have one team going in this direction and the other one going to a different tournament in another direction i mean i was having to ask other coaches to drive my teams to tournaments uh and stuff so you're not even able to have coaching really during the tournament that way um, and, and, and then about six years ago, six or seven years ago, Denton Moore, who actually played for me my first two years at AU, he, he won that conference championship my first year there playing for me. He had, uh, subsequently gotten into the golf business and was a club pro at Cobbs Glen and down toward Beaufort, uh, for a while. And then he realized his, his, his passion was coaching and he wanted to get into coaching. And so I was fortunate enough to have him come alongside me and join me. And and Denton, I, you, you you've met Denton. You, you, yes. you, I mean he, he's a big personality. He's yes. <laughs> he's he's, yeah, he's, he's a passionate guy. Uh, you know, high energy guy. And uh, he's he's just been the biggest difference for us. I mean, that's why we've gone from where we were. I mean, we had some limited success through 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 my twelve or thirteen years of doing this by myself. You know, we we did some good things, but. But but the consistency and getting to the highest level that we're at right now is really directly related to him coming alongside me and helping me do this uh, mm-hmm. with him. You know, I'm able to let him handle the recruiting for me. He does most all of that for me. I still do some recruiting with him, but he generally identifies the kids first and, and you know, gets us hooked up to go with them and look at them and that kind of thing. 
Uh, he's done all that work. He's great, passionate with the kids. He's relatable. You know, he's helped me to develop a more, more family-like culture with our kids, which has been huge. Um, he, he, and, and one of the best things I like about him is he's taken some of the, um, technological uh, changes that we've had with, with some different stuff, uh, as far as, re re um, recruiting, um, uh, systems and stuff we have to do on the computer, you know, mm -hmm. reports we have to do that kind of thing. He's taking that some off, uh, from me as well. So it's been great, but, you know, and then he helps me with practices. We're able to develop the kids more. We've got practices a bit more structured now, uh, a bit more specific now. And I feel like a lot more productive. And so we're able to really, develop the kids you know better than we've been able to do in the past and that's just really a lot off Denton and and, and in fact last year um uh, I, I I nominated him uh for the national assistant coach of the year division two and he won that so oh nice. I'm a real yeah real proud for him on on that well going to uh talking about the practice plans you mentioned that that intrigues me a lot you know I don't want you mm -hmm. to give away any of your secret uh, any of your secrets to any other teams or anything <laughs> like that, but you know, what would be an example of a practice plan? I mean, how are you preparing these athletes now? I know that's probably changed over the last 20 years uh, and how you prepare them, but what are you doing now? What could someone expect to see or experience when they get yeah. on that level? Well, I, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's rocket science. It's, 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 a, it's a, but it's a matter of purposeful practice and, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, practicing with a purpose. We, in other words, we don't just go out and play nine holes of golf every day. You know, unfortunately, a lot of high schoolers, they don't do a whole lot of specific work other than that kind of playing. Um, but you know, we do specific putting drills, specific chipping drills every week. We go over to a second golf course and do wedge work, you know, and flighting the ball and bunker work. Uh, a day a week, you know, and then we do play obviously as well. We do playing and right now, of course, we're in qualifying right now, coming back off the break, we're getting the kids to play some rounds to kind of see where everybody's at and figure out what our lineup's going to be, you know, for our first event. Mm -hmm. But, um, but it's just really having some, some structure to the practice, you know, having drills with a, to specifically improve a specific skill, you know, and, and, and honestly, a lot of it has been short game. That's what um, I was going to ask how much yeah, of that most, involves short most game. Yeah. Kids just, yeah. And just most golfers in general aren't yeah. as good at the short game as they think they are. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, and really can use a lot of work to develop that. And as you know, uh, as a professional and, and a teacher, Steve, you know, that, you know, the, 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 the chips, the putts, the pitches, you know, that stuff, it, it requires so much more feel and touch sure. than, than the full swing that we really feel like we need to devote more time to that, you know, to, to, to get that developed, uh, in a specific way. So, so we, we, we do that a lot with our kids. We also, um, try to get them to just mature mentally a little bit as far as their decision-making. I think that's a real big thing. I think that's, you know, under, you know, doesn't get looked at enough sometimes. Um, kids, kids are young and a lot of kids are young, you know, and have, uh, uh some length, <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes yeah. they have a little ego along with that. So you gotta, <laughs> gotta teach them. It's not always great to hit the driver on every hole, you know? Uh, but, uh, so we talk about stuff on the course, decision-making, uh, club selection, line selection, just how you're going to attack a hole. And, uh, and for that reason, our practice rounds have just become so much more structured too. Denton helped us out with that too. We've got strack line books now with, you know, the greens mapped out on them and we use those and set up a plan on our practice round days, um, 
to try to get everybody, um, you know, figuring out exactly what the plan is going to be. And then we have a meeting later that night to go over that. Uh, so the next day, it's really kind of just executing. It's just kind of yeah. unfolding and executing. There's not a whole lot of thinking on the fly that has to be done. We try to stick to that plan, but, but a lot of it's just, like I said, the structure, you know, to the practice, getting people to practice in a productive way. The best way to prevent illness, wear and tear of muscles and deterioration is by using the proper vitamins, supplements, and minerals that you can get from Pure On Main. As a golfer, your main focus is to have fun, right? But you also want to improve your game and reduce aches and pains and injuries. You can enhance your golf game by adding trace minerals to your daily regimen or boost your stamina with Vitamin Mineral Greens. Pure on Main has great options to choose from that also include a fabulous collagen that will keep your tendons and joints lubricated that will help you produce a better golf swing. Pure on Main has two locations. One is at North Main in downtown Greenville, and the other is on Cannon Street in downtown Greer. They have some of the best experts in the field of natural wellness, and they're available seven days a week to help guide your personalized health journey. They not only carry amazing results-driven vitamins, they also provide state-of-the-art modalities such as massage therapy, foot detox, and wellness consulting. Serving the Upstate for over a decade, their experts continue to take the time to help each individual pinpoint exactly what their body needs to optimize performance and remain pain-free. Go visit their two locations or give them a call at 864-991-2726. Make sure you visit their website at pureonmain.com where you can purchase your supplements and learn more about their wonderful, wonderful services. Don't wait. Start your journey today towards living a happier and healthier lifestyle with the help of Pure On Main. Yeah, so if you're going to yeah. go doing a weigh match, um, you know, obviously you have, a, you have your practice rounds beforehand. You know, how much evaluation are you doing as a coach and maybe your assistant coach as well of that golf course before you guys play it. Yeah, well, we do. Well, well, I'll say a couple things about that. One, we do play some of the same tournaments most every year. Uh, you know, uh, so we've gotten to learn some of the golf courses uh, pretty well. So it's nice to have kids that have played it before, you know, and at least right. Denton and I have seen some of them, most all of them before. But, uh, but yeah, we look at that ahead of time as much as we can. But, but again, a lot of that work is done on that practice day when we're actually out there on the course with the kids, talking with each individual kid, because, you know, they're not all the same player, right? So right. some one, one player, we might have hit and driver on a particular hole, but this other player might need to be hitting a, a two iron or a three iron or something, you know, uh, or a hybrid. So uh, it's, it's a little bit more individualized as far as that part of of it uh map it out for the kids um but uh but it's a work day for us for sure and um that's one reason we don't you know we don't allow parents that are coming there for the tournaments to watch we don't allow them to come out on practice round days uh and walk around with us because that's that's a day we need to be with the kids <laughs> and right. working you know and right. working so uh that's something we do but i have seen other teams that do that that have parents mm-hmm. out there and i just i don't understand that really <laughs> but everybody's different i guess yeah, that's right so if you have a, a current high school student, you know, playing golf, you know, what do they need to be doing to prepare themselves for a potential uh, college career? How much practice time should they be putting in? What should they be really focusing on during this time to, pre- to prepare, possibly prepare themselves for the college level? Yeah. Um, I would say it's a little bit different maybe with men and women, but I would say with the women's team, with the girls, uh, a lot of the, 
issue there is is length you know the length of course that they play in high school is generally really short um so i would encourage them to certainly play in uh south carolina junior golf association events and and peggy kirk bell you know events and other events that do play them back a little bit longer um the minimum distance we play is 5800 yards in college and most of our tournaments are you know 59 or 6000 some of them a little bit more so so length, you know, getting used to playing back a little bit longer um, is something I would encourage them to do. Um, and, 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 and even the men too, some of those men's courses are a little short too, that they play. Uh, but most of the guys that we recruit have pretty good length anyway, you know, ample length um, with them. It's more, more just the, the getting their short game better. And I would also say this, I think physical fitness has become a big issue now too. Yeah. No um, doubt. Back in the day, our women's events were mostly just 18 and 18, two different days, 36 hole events. And now they've gone pretty much to the men's format of 36 holes on eight on Monday and 18 on Tuesday. And if you're not used to playing 36 holes of competitive golf in one day, it, it, it can get on you a little bit, not only physically, but, but mentally, you know, too, uh, you can get fatigued and start making bad decisions and obviously get tired physically, make bad swings as well. Uh, so just getting used to that physicalness of it, uh, because, I mean, we're playing a practice round, you know, on Sundays usually. Uh, then we're playing 36 holes Monday, 18 Tuesday. And if you're not used to doing that, that's that's quite a bit, uh, you know, on you physically. Uh, yeah. So I would encourage them to, to – to, to, and, you know, of course, in college too, we work out. We work out three days a week uh, with our weight training staff. So, you know, if you're not already doing that, you probably ought to be on some kind of uh, regimen of that. Uh, trying to be in shape and be ready because it's a big commitment when you come to college to play golf. It's it's not like high school. It's not just like a participation thing. I mean, you know, you're 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 mostly all of them are getting paid some money, you know, scholarship uh, to come play, and it's and we do play in both semesters, and we have a fall semester, a non-championship season, and then also a spring season with both teams. So I mean, we're we're constantly out there. Um, we, we we're able to practice five days a week in the in the fall, and we practice six days a week in the spring. And I say spring, but I mean, that starts January 10th or 11th when they get on campus and runs through May. If we, if we're fortunate enough to make postseason, you know, Um, so it's a, it's a grind. (laughs) It's a commitment. You know, we, when the NCAA obviously does limit us to, uh, to 20 hours a week with them. Um, but we use that full 20 hours a week, you know, three of them working out and 17 of them practicing. (laughs) Um, and on top of your, uh, college uh, academic work, um, it keeps you pretty busy you know, keeps you pretty busy. When, when are you allowed to start reaching out to players? That's always been a little bit of a mystery to me in turn. And I don't know how much of this you can talk about, but when are you allowed to reach out to players and when are they allowed to reach out to you? Cause we may have someone listening. Who's a college player, parent or grandparent, maybe listening to this as well. High school player. They're yeah. not sure. How does all that work? Yeah. Uh, well, we are not allowed to, um, contact them from our end being you know the con doing the contacting uh or 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 being you know watching them play golf um specifically watching them um until july 15th before their junior year of high school okay. so for instance this this summer july 15th and on uh is when we can be starting to you know look at those those rising 10th graders i mean excuse me rising 11th graders the summer before their junior year so uh, that's how that works from our end. But now they can contact us anytime from their end. 
you know, they can, they can uh, call us and they can come visit the school on their own, you know, nothing official. We don't pay for anything, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they can take that, that, you know, that uh, assertiveness and, and, and reach out to us. Um, but, uh, but I would say this too, I think it's, uh, this is important for kids to know too. I think before you reach out to any coach, any college coach, you need to kind of research the school a little bit and, and research the level of the team that you're you know, you know talking to and make sure that, that it's a reasonable fit. Um, I mean, you know, it, cause it does change over the years, you know, I, back in the day, I probably only had a couple of kids and uh, they could shoot in the seventies, you know, on my women's team when I first started coaching and, and now they're, you know, they're averaging 72 and 73 and 75. I mean, you know, it's that kind of difference, but um, it, it, it doesn't, um, doesn't look good. I don't think for us, to, we get a lot of, emails every day you know from kids uh interested in in playing uh golf and and maybe playing at anderson um but some of them that we get you know when we when we look at what they've played in and we look at what they're shooting it's like you know i don't know if you just don't understand how good our girls are or or if you think you're gonna get that much better in the year i don't know you know or something i don't know but we we really don't spend a lot of time uh, looking at those uh, so it needs to be a, a good fit. And then, you know, as far as the recruiting part too, you know, we, we, we like to get out. Denton and I like to get out and watch kids play. Uh, and you can go anywhere court. you want at any time, basically when you do that, right? If you see a tournament's <laughs> going on, you can just show up and just start watching. Yeah. We, we show up and watch kids play. We generally have a plan. I mean, we've got kids that, that Denton, Denton has already identified and, or, you know, and we've looked at and decided, yeah, we think this might be somebody we, you know, really interested in. Uh, and we'll go watch them play. And, and that's been a real interesting aspect too. I, I think we, we do a lot of that. And, but the reason we do it is because, you know, we can see their scoring average and what they scored in this tournament, that tournament, and how they finished. We can see that all just on the results, you know, on, on the computer. Mm-hmm. But, but we like to watch kids again to get that fit right. You know, we like to go watch the kids and see how they carry themselves on the golf course. We yeah, like I'm to sure see what huge. the body language looks like. Yeah. We like to see how they react when they hit a bad shot. How do they react when they hit a bad hole? Um, you know, because that's really important, obviously. Again, being a Christian school like we are, uh, you know, I don't need kids dropping F-pumps and throwing clubs. That's, that's <laughs> not going to be a good fit for us. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so so it gives us a little more personal look at them, and you can learn a little more about them that way. Um, and frankly, not only the players, but the coaches, Steve, too. I mean, not the coaches, but the parents. Yeah. Um, we, we, we like to see them a little bit, too. <laughs> and how, how they perform out there watching their kid play. Um, right. Because sometimes it's, you know, not real good when we see parents maybe a little too uh, upset with a bad shot or something like that and how they respond to the kid. You know, that's 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 not a good thing. Um, in I'm fact, sure I walk by years, a golf bag. I'm sure you could probably walk by a golf bag and uh, and see if it's uh, take taking some abuse and just looking <laughs> at the golf bag in itself may tell you all you need to know. Wearing yeah, a club yeah, out on that's it. That's true. That's true. And uh, <laughs> I know in years past it hasn't happened often, but we we've actually been out and and then passed on recruiting some kids because of the parents' yeah. uh, actions on the golf course. Yeah, um, that's unfortunate too. It, it is. It is uh, because you know we. We, we want, we don't, we don't need that headache for four years. You know, (laughs) (laughs) if, if we're lucky enough to get them for four years, that's another whole issue with this uh, trans 
for a portal now and all that going on. Um, how much know, of that, that how much of that affects you? I, mean, I don't even think about uh, that at, at the division two level, but how much of the transfer portal are you starting mm-hmm. to see working its way in? Well, uh, probably not as much as Division One, but mm-hmm. but we've got uh, two guys and one girl right now in the portal of our team. Mm. So uh, now, granted, uh, one of them's a graduate uh, on our men's team. One of them's a graduate, uh, and uh, you know he's he's a really elite player and uh, uh, wants to uh, possibly play professional golf, and um, you know feels like he can develop a little more if he gets to a Division One school. Um, so, so he's, he's doing that. Um, the other, uh, guy is a junior, so he could play for us one more year, but he's got aspirations as well and wants to, uh, try to get to, you know, a, a division one school if it works out. Um, then we got one young lady that's, uh, uh, moving on after her, uh, she's a senior, but she's going to grad school, um, and, uh, gonna, gonna move on. But, uh, so yeah, that changes things a little bit. Um, it, it, it's, you know, you, you obviously in the ideal world, you get a kid in, you know, and they stay all four years and graduate. Um, but that's not the reality now with the way things are, uh, with the NIL money as well. Again, that's not as big in division two as it is in division one, but there's some of that going on as well, where kids are getting a little bit of money or getting free product or whatever, you know, um, it's more of a division one power five thing, but, um, it all changes, you know, there's just, there's not as much loyalty <laughs> you know, as, yeah. as there used to be. There's just not. Um, and so that, that may even change, uh, a little bit the way we recruit, you know, going forward. Um, uh, you just can't plan on being certain that you're going to have a kid for four years when you get them. Right. You yeah. mentioned some of those warning signs uh, of a player. What is something that you see out there that says, you know what, they would fit our team perfectly. They would fit into our culture. I can coach this kid. <laughs> what is that quality that you see in that? Yeah. Well, we like to see a few. Well, obviously, we like to see low scores. I mean, obviously, that's that's sure. a plus. Yeah. If they're yeah. already shooting low scores, that's fantastic. And they already have success and know how to win, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but we do like to see some physical talent and we, we've have taken, gotten some kids that we felt like had potential and hadn't reached their ceiling yet that we felt like we could develop, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we have been able to do that and they've become, you know, uh, all conference players and, and, and all American players and that kind of thing. Uh, so, so we definitely look for, for some athleticism. Uh, we look for a little length again, especially with the women. If, if, if a girl can move the ball a little bit, you know, that's, that's attractive. Um, of course the ones that we're trying to recruit, and this is another whole just thing with recruiting is, you know, at the division two level, uh, where we're at near, near the upper echelon of that, you know, we're recruiting kids who are getting division one looks, you know, they're getting some division one schools looking at them, uh, and recruiting them. And so we have to kind of fight that battle a little bit all the time. Um, as far as, you know, well, yeah, if you could go to this division one team, but is that really where you want to go? If their team's not very competitive, mm-hmm. you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or if they're so good, you're never going to play much, that kind of thing. Whereas they could come maybe to a division one school, get to play right away or sooner and, and compete for conference championships and national championships. I mean, you know, so some of that, you know, we fight a little bit every day and, um, you know, now if a kid's good enough to play power five golf at a big school, you know, I mean, Denton always says, we'll help you pack your bags, you know, and, and, sure. and more, you know, and help you all we can. But I mean, 
But to go to some smaller Division One school just so you can say you played Division One golf, that just really doesn't make a lot of sense because yeah. our team, frankly, could could beat a lot of Division One teams <laughs> around this area. But um, but anyway, that's something we deal with too with the with the recruiting. What advice would you give a junior golfer who's listening, or their parents who may be listening, on how to play at that college? How to play at that college level? Yeah, um, I would say a couple of things. One, do do your due diligence early. Try no, don't wait till your junior or senior year to start. You know, sending out questions to coaches or you know try to promote yourself out some. You need to go much earlier than that. In fact, we've already got our team for next year is set already for t- fall of 23 and we've already got verbal commitments for 24. So, I mean, oh, nice. you know, so, I mean, it, it, you, it, we try to stay ahead of that curve, you know, to, to, to be good coaches, but um, so don't wait, you know, when you're a, a ninth grade, 10th grade, what you need to be already kind of identifying schools that you think you might want to go to figure out what size school you want to go to. Do you want to go to big school, small school? Do you want to be near home or a bit away from home? You know, all those things that factor into it kind of kind of get you a little list of schools that you think you might want to go to. And then don't be afraid to reach out uh, early, you know, reach out and, 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 and get get on those coaches radars, you know, uh, by by communicating with them um, so that so that if they choose to, they can start watching you when they're able to uh, and continue that development of that relationship through the recruiting process. But I would say that's one big key, start early and do your due diligence so that, again, once you are able to set up uh, visits and, and, and go to those schools and meet the coaches and really, you know, narrow that list down um, so that you're able so that when an offer comes, if it comes from any particular school, if an offer comes, you're, you're, you're ready to accept it. Um, what happens sometimes is the kids wait a little long to get in touch. And then when we meet with them, you know, we, we might already have done our homework. So we offer them, uh, but then they're not ready to make a decision for four or five or six months. And uh, we we can't wait that long for most people. We're just going to have to offer to somebody else. Right. Because, um, you know, so I would say do that due diligence early. Don't be afraid to contact coaches early. Uh, get on their radar. And then the other thing was um, what we talked about a little bit before, just self-development, you know, both in the physical aspect, as far as maybe getting physically fit and used to a regiment that way. And then practicing from a little longer distances, practice, you know, doing playing 36 holes in one day. Uh, that kind of thing. Cause a lot of high school kids don't, don't do that often. They, they don't play 36 holes in one day often. Right. You know, you're exactly right. No, they don't. And I didn't realize that that was a format that uh, it, it was, it was kind of going to of doing 36 holes for women's golf. in one day, do they get to, they have to walk that entire time, right? Or they, they that, to... well, it depends on the tournament. Uh, yeah. it depends on the tournament. Some, some courses do allow them to ride uh, when they're doing that. But some don't. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. yeah. You you need to be ready, you know, and able to uh, to walk that thirty six, and again, stay mentally sharp and physically sharp for that long. Uh, and it, like I said, it's a long day. You're out there, you know, uh, nine or ten hours. Uh, you know, it's it's a long day. Well, highly encourage say, you. So. Highly encourage you to go out there and check out their website. It's AndersonUniversity.edu. Again, AndersonUniversity.edu a fantastic university here in the upstate of South Carolina. Please go out there and check them out. looks like on social media, you guys have a Facebook page, uh, Anderson university golf. Encourage yes. you to go out there, follow them, check them out, see how successful this team is going to continue to be throughout this season and many more and learn more about this team and coach Neil Danny, man, I am, uh, again, 
so thrilled to have you on here. And I cannot tell you enough how proud I am of you for, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, of how successful you've been at this level. And uh, and I greatly appreciate your friendship as well. Well, Steve, I appreciate it too, bud. I appreciate your friendship. And obviously our past working together you know, was great, but I, I need to get over to Cross Creek somewhere and come see you, man, sometime play golf. I'll get me and Rick, the hot dog man over there. <laughs> Please do. Please do. I'd love to have both of you guys. Rick is, is a gigantic supporter of my podcast. So yes. shout out to Rick. And uh, he is he's wonderful. I really do appreciate his his support of this podcast so much. Well, we'll get over there when we can, bud. It's great talking to you. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Thanks so much, Danny. Thank you, my friend, for tuning in to another podcast. I greatly appreciate your support. Thank you again to Danny Neal for coming on the podcast and having that fantastic conversation with me. As you can tell, Danny is a wonderful golf coach, had a lot of great success, and I wish I wish him and the Anderson University golf team all the best in their tournaments this year and for years to come. Please go out there and follow the podcast. If you have not already done so, just click the little plus sign up there in the upper right-hand corner of your podcast platform, and all that's going to do is just give you alerts as to when a new podcast drops. If your podcast platform, such as Apple, allows you to rate the podcast, really, really appreciate a five-star rating because all that's going to do for me is move me up those charts and put me in front of more eyes. If somebody goes out there and just searches for a golf podcast and they type in the word golf podcast or golf, then I'm more likely to pop up there. And that's just more people that I can reach. And we grow that golfing community, like I've said before, that we've created. So I really, really appreciate any help you're willing to give me on that. Also, any positive reviews you want to leave me, if you feel like I deserve it, go out there and leave me a positive review. That also helps me become more visible to more listeners out there. Please go out there and share the podcast. Make sure you tag me in it on social media. So all my social media handles are Facebook is going to be GoForth Golf Instruction. Instagram is going to be SGoForth underscore PGA. And then Twitter is at GoForth Golf. If you tag me in the post, you're going to be entered into a drawing for a free tailor-made wedge, as well as other great prizes at the end of this season. So there's a chance for multiple people to win. Go out there, tag me. Even if you've tagged me already in a previous podcast, keep doing it because that's just going to be more entries you're going to have into the contest and more chances you're going to have to win these prizes at the end of season number four and go out there and tell other people you know if there are people you know that play golf that you think would really enjoy this podcast please let them know about it again your help on that is greatly appreciated always remember if there is a tip or a topic that you'd like to hear me discuss please reach out to me and let me know you can reach out to any of those social media handles that i mentioned to you or you can send me an email at sgoforth at pga.com. I would love to hear from you again to discuss any topics and tips that will entertain you and help you with your game. So please don't be shy. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. The next episode is going to drop on Wednesday, February 15th. I'm going to have some other great tips that I'm going to be bringing to you. So make sure you listen to that episode to help improve your golf game. Until the next episode, keep hitting those drives long and straight. Keep hitting those greens in regulation. Drain more putts. And most of all, get out there and have a great time. Don't forget to do something nice for somebody today because it's going to make you feel absolutely amazing to get out there and do something for somebody else and put somebody else ahead of yourself. And remember, 
Together, let's go forth to a better golf game. You've been listening to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to receive alerts on new episodes. For more information, please follow us on social media at Go Forth Golf Instruction or visit our website at GoForthGolfInstruction.com. Remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game.